Welcome to Sorry for Apologizing. I'm your host, Missy Modell, activist, strategist, and recovering chronic apologizer. In this podcast, we'll explore all of the ways women have been conditioned by society to play small, whether it's being expected to have children, tolerate chronic pain, or accept gender inequities from orgasms to paychecks. This season, we'll work to challenge the cultural beliefs that brought us here and discuss all of the reasons why we should be asking for forgiveness rather than permission. It is time to stop apologizing. Sorry for apologizing. The vulva refers to the external female genitalia, including the labia, clitoris, and vaginal opening, while the vagina is an internal muscular tube that connects the vulva to the uterus, serving as a passage for sexual intercourse, menstruation, and childbirth. We're supposed to feel embarrassed about the thing that happens so regularly that it's called a cycle? I don't think so. You Like Hotex wants everyone to treat the most normal thing like it's the most normal thing. So check out their full range of pads, tampons, and liners to find out what works best for your period at youbycotex.com. The road to motherhood is an unpredictable one. Being a mom can feel really lonely. Trying to become a mother can feel really lonely. One in four women experience pregnancy loss during their reproductive years, yet so many people go through it feeling utterly alone. The healthcare system can be impossible to navigate and finding a community can be equally as challenging. So it helps sharing stories, seeking support, and advocating for the care and comfort that you need and deserve. I'm so excited because today's guest, just this, meet Simone Tate. She's the CEO and founder of Poppy Seed Health, a telehealth app transforming the way we care for pregnant and postpartum people. Welcome, everybody. We're back. This is a Mercury in Retrograde episode with my (laughs) friend Simone, and we're so happy to be here. Yes, we are. Thank you for, first of all, just giving us the opportunity to have another conversation. So all good. (laughs) Because this is, in fact, the second conversation we're having. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. Everything's great. So Simone, you're just such an incredible person. And I'm really excited to have this conversation because I don't have kids, but so many of my friends have kids and I want kids one day. And you are really at the forefront of this movement and helping mothers feel seen and recognized in ways they never have before. So I'd love to hear from you why the focus on birthing people, why mothers, why people who have children as your life's work. I have to take you back to why Poppy even exists in the world and why we are so focused on supporting birthing people and mothers and families and really anyone who is seeking reproductive freedom and on their journeys. But in 2016, I had my first pregnancy loss and Mm -hmm. I was shocked that I left that doctor's appointment after about 17 minutes, which is very short after getting devastating news that that I was no longer pregnant. Mm -hmm. I left that appointment with no medical follow-up, which is always so surprising when I share it because it happens all the time, unfortunately, and no emotional or mental health support. And I found myself fending in a very complicated healthcare system to advocate for myself. And it Mm -hmm. was the advocacy that built this real fire in me, having to call in my own care plan into my doctor's office, having to really beg to get the kind of care that I thought that I deserved. And by the way, I was just piecing it together. It's not like I knew I'm not a medical professional. I'm not a doctor. So I had no idea was that I needed. I just knew that I wasn't getting what I needed. But it was in finding the care and comfort in a doula community of which I didn't even know. So many people that go to Dr. Google 
to try and find health care answers or to try and take care of themselves. I was one of those people. And I stumbled onto a thread where there was some random person, of course, who had also gone through a pregnancy loss, but it was only doulas that were responding to this person. And their responses were so kind and loving and caring. And for the first time in that first pregnancy loss, I've had many sins, but for the first time then, I felt seen, I felt heard, and I started to feel better. And feeling better is a very human experience. And so I didn't know it then, but I know it now. It was that emotional solvency, that emotional mental health support that I didn't know that I was actually receiving or engaging in that was such a critical part of me feeling better. And that was really the beginning of Poppy Seed Health for me. That was the inception, right? That was like the lived experience, the point in which I said every single person deserves to have emotional mental health support on their maternal health care journey. And Poppy today is exactly a proliferation of that idea. So we connect people in 90 seconds or less to our national advocates. Uh, they're national across the country, I should say. And I say 90 seconds or less because that's so important our expediency in the acute moments that someone needs what we call ourselves a frontliner on feelings. Talk about your feelings to get to your feelings first. And we connect them via our app. And that app is powered by our innovative, really cutting edge other products that are able to support and able to not only support, but also able to have the kind of approachable, trustworthy digital experience with a real person in real time that we have in so many of the other parts of our lives but we're really focused on emotional and mental health support. <laughs> so that's what we do. And that's why Poppy's... And, and we see medical gaslighting happening and, and just kind of a disregard from doctors and women, mothers post-birth don't even have more than one checkup after they've done this kind of traumatic experience. Why, and obviously this is your life's work, but how yeah. important is having an advocate besides a doctor? Because the word doula is still, and the, the the idea of a doula is still not as mainstream. Yeah. So yeah. why is advocacy important? Because people might say, I have a partner. Why do I need someone yes, else? Totally. Advocacy looks different for everyone. And I really do mean that. Like you don't necessarily know. And there's a reason why most people don't know about doulas. Although doulas have been around since the beginning of time. The concept of being a doula has been around since the beginning of time. We have doulas, nurses, and midwives at Poppy, and we're giving that kind of non-clinical support that are really rooted in your feelings, right? So our nervous system is where we're rooted. Like every single day, that mind-body connection is so important. Mm -hmm. Advocacy doesn't and shouldn't always feel so reactive. Sometimes it is. Advocacy being reactive to this thing is happening to me right now. And I need to be able to advocate either for myself or have someone with me who is capable of doing that. But it shouldn't always be reactive. It's really hard to make a decision of whether or not, it, let's say, an emergency cesarean is something that you absolutely need in the moment when you've already been in labor for 12 hours or you're trying to make that critical healthcare decision in those moments in which you're but a 10 on the Richter scale of contractions. That's mm -hmm. tough. Yet those are kind the kinds of decisions that we're asking birthing people to make every single day as they're going through their journeys. 
And I think that's more of a dramatic example, but even other little things. If you don't necessarily know, for example, what a gestational diabetes test is and what to expect, Mm -hmm. to be able to to advocate for your own care, to be able to advocate for your for the knowledge base that you aren't always necessarily offered right in those moments. That's why it's so important to have advocates or to at least, and I really mean this at the minimum, have somewhere to go to learn about how to advocate, right? Mm -hmm. Probably digital products. So when people are coming to us every single day, sure, they're talking to us about their feelings, which leads into many other things. We know so much more about our members than even sometimes is known about them as patients, right? And that's where we work to close the gap. But starting with that deeply empathetic, trusted place first allows them to ask us the questions that they think are so silly, but that are not, trust me. And then it allows them to have better conversations with their providers, with their family members, with their partners, with themselves, mm-hmm. right? It's both, it's both empathy and trust coming together to really build confidence and also advocacy. We have three pillars at Poppy. Advocacy is one of them. And that's how important it is for people to feel like they can be in collaboration with their own care. That is extraordinarily critical, especially when it comes with also having the knowledge. What are some questions mothers should be asking themselves before, during, and after? Because I think we, I haven't done it yet, but yeah, I think yeah, yeah. mothers kind of see this as a, a normal way of life and people do it all the time and births are happening every millisecond, but don't realize like actually what the toll it takes on them mentally, physically, spiritually, psychologically. So what oh are goodness. some questions, because you keep mentioning feelings. So what are the yeah. feelings yeah. that people might expect and what questions they should ask themselves. So the very number one category by far, it's, you know, more than 50% of our conversations of our chats are about general anxiety and depression questions. Mm -hmm. Just how people are feeling about things that are happening with their body, right? And I'm not surprised about that. The reason I'm not surprised about that is because we're not just talking about, and I want us to look a little bit bigger outside of pregnancy, postpartum, and loss support, which is our core, what we do today, but actually about 30% of everyone who comes to Poppy on a daily basis, they're coming to us for a full spectrum reproductive health support, right? Mm -hmm. Just short of menopause, by the way. So we have a lot of people who are coming who are trying to conceive, for example, And the majority of people, although it's all the headlines and all the things out there, actually the majority of people who are trying to conceive haven't made it to assisted reproductive technology or or an intervention. They've been trying for years. They've been trying for months and they're frustrated. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of feelings that are coming up about it. And so when they're coming to Poppy, yes, we're of course able to create that safe space for them. What we're not doing is diagnosing them with anything, right? We're not giving them medical advice, but it is so powerful when someone 3 a.m. in the morning is able to pick up their phone and text with someone who, by the way, they don't know who that person is, right? And Mm -hmm. I expert anonymity, right? We will share more with the person sitting next to us at a bar sometimes than we will with closest friends. And there is there's real comfort in that because there's no judgment, there's no bias. And that's Mm. important. So when people are telling us truly their deepest, darkest 
feelings or their deepest, brightest feelings, right? It's because they're doing it in the space that they really trust. Now, some of the other categories that people talk to us about, nutrition is a big one. And I don't mean nutrition. Is sushi okay for me to eat while I'm pregnant, right? It's more, I don't know where I'm getting my next meal, right? So food insecurities, or it's, I, I, I talked a little bit about gestational diabetes, right? It's preparing for that test or getting a positive on that gestational diabetes that you might actually have diabetes and you have to do the secondary test. Most people don't know that. You have no idea. You're just going along with the process and with the journey without actually knowing what's happening beforehand. But nutrition is a really big one for us because people want to know, yes, what will make me feel good, but also what do I have access to? Third thing, the third big category that people come to us for, shouldn't be surprising y'all, sex. Sex Sex-related question across the board. I mean, we're talking about everything from I have no sex drive to I am in overdrive with my (laughs) sex drive. That's me all the time. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am sick and tired of having sex because (laughs) this isn't fun anymore. Like we're not... (laughs) the babies as easily as we thought we would. Um, I have light spotting. I'm in my first trimester. That's a really common one. Is that normal? Getting Mm -hmm. ton of, is this normal sex related questions, which we love to answer, of course. And top, I don't know that, that I would put it in its own category, but it is a broad umbrella, bodily functions Mm -hmm. for people. So my discharge looks like this or Slimy, slicky, salsa, chunky mess is happening. What is salsa? <laughs> yeah, that's what I call it, especially after you have a baby. You just have sometimes just wow, chunks. Of so- and you're like, what in the world is happening? Look at that face, Missy. So no, I- I- I've never heard of a salsa. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a little bit more palatable for people. Related questions. It's really big, yeah. especially poop is an indicator of health for both birthing person and baby. And we are also able to support people as they consider things like my own choice, right? Do I want to have an abortion? Do I not mm-hmm. want abortion? Or a really safe space for people to come to when they're actually considering this for themselves. Connected to that, and this is in those categories of what people talk to us about, 50% of all pregnancies, five zero percent of all pregnancies in the U.S. are unplanned. It could wow. be your first or it could be your fifth. So Essie, have a couple of conversations with your friends who do have children, multiple children, maybe even one. And if they're open, which I suspect they will be with you because you're so good, they'll tell you, oh no, like was a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Most, I hear it all the time. All the time. Most third yeah. children, which is like the number are usually surprises. So consider taking a pregnancy test and not expecting to be pregnant. Where are you going? How are you making those decisions for yourselves, for yourself? How are you and where are you going to have a safe, trusted conversation? Mm -hmm. And so we've been able to figure out that by starting there, we can get to many more places of trust with that person. That's so important. And it's so true. I feel like the anonymity piece, it's going to the church and doing a confession. That's right. It's very interesting. And the stat, one in four women experience pregnancy loss during their reproductive years. So imagine 
what would happen if they all had a space to go to? Because so much of this is done in secret. I feel like only now is it really becoming a conversation. Totally. And it's becoming a conversation, an outward public conversation, which I'm so thankful for so many of the higher profile people in the world that we know, right? We know them by first name, but they're sharing their stories about loss. They're sharing about pregnancy loss. They're sharing about stillbirth. They're sharing Mm -hmm. about the medical DNCs that they've had to have. This is important that we have people who are talking about it. I promise you, there are far more people who are not. It is the reason why we have loss as uh, one of our biggest differentiators for people to come to, right? Many people actually find poppy seed health when they've experienced a loss of some sort Mm. in their journey and they find us and they're coming to talk to us. And we have advocates who are fully trained in holding that oftentimes ugly space of grief and raw emotion that can support people through loss, right? That 24-7, 365 support is critical, especially for the people who aren't talking about it. Early in early days of Poppy, so we launched in April of 2021 into the world. And one of our very first conversations, I will never forget this, that came through our loss hotline was actually a woman that was in her 70s. And she had, yeah, she had seen me on an interview or heard me on an interview. And She couldn't believe that after a lifetime, basically, of holding this in, of never talking about it, that there was somewhere in so to go to talk about her feelings and really to talk about her own losses. It -hmm. wasn't just one. It was many. And anyway, let's just say I think grandparents are like 70 in the 70 plus club these days. So Mm -hmm. don't knock your grandparents, right? They can download apps and use them. (laughs) I'm impressed with her. She downloaded Poppy, came through our loss hotline and proceeded to have nearly an hour long text conversation with the advocate who was supporting her for pregnancy losses that she had when she was trying to conceive when she was in her early 20s, straight into her 30s and had one miracle baby, one child after all of those losses had nowhere to go, no one to talk to. Because back then you just didn't, right? Anyway, I just, I think there's something so powerful generationally about talking about loss and being able to have a place to go, even if you're not publicly talking about it. I think it's very important to know that people are and that you are not alone. And also, it just makes me think just broadly and holistically how this impacts a woman's place in the world. Like, how does trauma affect work and relationships? Like, it has to have a profound effect. And what would happen if, and it can happen, if you have these safe spaces to really unroot challenges that you faced? It also, Missy, I'm so glad that you said that because, yes, it does very much affect us. I think the example that most people can relate to is if you, if, having a child is your goal, at some point you're going to try to conceive. And at some point, hopefully you get pregnant. Culturally speaking, we do not tell anyone that we're pregnant. We've been trained not to share with anyone that we're pregnant, specifically within the first 12 weeks of pregnancy. That is your whole first trimester. Just imagine that you're coming from either a journey of loss or you're coming from years of trying to conceive or not. Like you surprised got pregnant. And here you are going to work every day around people that you know every day, around strangers that you don't know. You're moving through the world 
with this poppy seed inside of you and you are not sharing with anyone when actually that is the time that you need the support the most. That is the time that like some of the trauma that has happened to you, like you really want to be letting it out no matter what the Mm. out is. And that's a whole narrative that we're trying to change at Poppy, like your body, your bodily autonomy. But if you want to tell someone that you're pregnant within two, three weeks, whatever that is, you should be able to have a place to go there and not hold this in because all the other things that we've had to hold in, of course, I think in in ways proliferate. And look, I'm not a psychologist, right? So I don't know this, but I do know that our lived experience compounds, right? Mm -hmm. And we're able to let out our feelings. Like no one can argue with the fact that a really good cry is like one of the best things. But you possibly do, it relieves so much. And that's because of what's happening in our nervous system as we have that release, right? Those releases are critical. But they're not just critical, by the way, to just feeling better. They're also critical to health outcomes. So let's like talk beyond just, I feel better. What happens is that when you're able to be in tune in ways that you didn't think that you could be, you can say, Hmm, this thing isn't feeling right with my body, right? And really be able to collaborate with your provider, with your medical team, with your provider team, and hopefully having better outcomes. You find a voice. I would like this to be a part of my birthing plan. This is what I think makes a lot of sense for me and my family. So you're finding these things as you go along. And yes, they have better health outcomes. And the last thing that I'll say is, We now have connected the dots between doulas and of course, nurses and midwives are already so much systematically a part of what needs to be a bigger part of our maternal healthcare experience. But we know if you have a doula there, you just have better health outcomes. But 60 plus of people who have doulas have a lower intervention rate, meaning that there are things that will happen during your birthing journey that wouldn't happen otherwise, right? We know that having that kind of care helps with things like APGAR scores and that person's emotional and mental health support. So it goes beyond just feeling great, which starts with the person. It goes to their entire healthcare journey and what that actually means as the ripple effect comes. And for people that are listening, they might think, doula, that's expensive. Like, how is that equitable? And we know that there in certain groups, there are almost like whatever the equivalent of a food desert is. Like there's like a, just overall, we're in a healthcare crisis. We have a maternal, maternal mortality crisis. What about people that can't afford doulas? Or is there another solution to that? Yes. Or is it equitable now? Look, poppy seed health is the solution. That's a very big statement. But- Let me just take you back because I love that you brought us back on this point. What is a doula? Let's just start there. A doula Mm -hmm. is a Greek word. And the the Greek translation is a woman's slave. That's like the actual translation. Uh, Sounds harsh, but I want you to think about, I guess, back in the Greek Grecian days, back in the days of Rome, um, there were there the way that people were giving birth was really with midwives and with doulas, right? Mm -hmm. Doulas do not, they are non-clinical professionals, non-medical professionals. Midwives are delivering the baby. Doulas are not. Doulas are the pregnancy best friend, postpartum best friend, full spectrum from abortion through menopause, best friend, 
depends on what their training is that you didn't know that you needed on your journey. And so doulas, that concept of a doula has been around. My mom has said this plenty of times. She's been at no less than 20 births in her lifetime. And they're not just her children. They're the women in that she, in her church groups, the women in her community, the women in my, it is a, a wide breadth. And so in many ways, she was the doula, right? She was holding their hand, guiding them through, feeling, making them a maid of honor. Howard and better. Exactly. That's a great one. It's your pregnancy made of honor, right? That's a great way of it. But the point is that doulas are many times trained, sometimes certified. That doesn't matter. What matters is that doula trainings and doulas in the world have gone up more than 250% in the last just five years. Wow. That is connected to what we are facing today in the U.S., specifically for Black and Brown birthing people who are giving yes. birth work three to five times in some parts of our country, more likely to die from preventable deaths during childbirth or right after in postpartum. Preventable is the key here. And more importantly, what does it look like to be able to prevent those deaths from happening? So there are five top reasons that people Unfortunately, those preventable deaths that the CDC has kept a marker on. But the number one reason is mental health related issues. If you ask any OBGYN in the country, they will tell you, you say, what is the number one reason that birthing people and women die from childbirth? It is mental health related issues in postpartum. Sorry, it's mental mm-hmm. health. To go deeper there, about 20% of those are suicide. It is also the only out of those top five reasons, preventable deaths reasons, There, it is the only one that the CDC deems as 100% preventable, right? Mm-hmm. Hemorrhaging is not always preventable, right? Death by substance abuse, with it, which by the way, is the second reason, second highest reason. But mental health is 100% preventable. How can it be 100% preventable? And we don't even have the structure or the access for that to happen. So I'm glad that you brought us back to the point. So now we know what a doula is. Now we know when we have a huge supply of doulas and Poppy Seed Health is tapping into that supply to meet the demand and creating an entire new pathway into creating that 24-7, 365 accessible emotional mental health support because we know that it is preventable. We're building tirelessly to make sure that access is there, which is connected to the last point that you made, which is very important. Our maternal health care deserts are growing exponentially in the country. What that means is that in a health care desert, someone lives 90 miles or more from their closest doctor, clinic, or hospital. Mm-hmm. So I have to say this a good majority of our country are actually deserts anyway, right? And I love in Texas, it's like urban, rural frontier. (laughs) Like the frontier (laughs) is throughout the country, y'all. And so when we talk about transportation insecurity, nutrition insecurity, we're also talking about places in our country, a majority of places in the country, we do not incentivize providers to go. We are shutting down hospitals and clinics And so women, specifically women's health, if you're born with a uterus, we are suffering and we are going to suffer the most. So you think about maternal health care, technology, 
can bring together that great divide, right? We are just leveraging the power of technology to be mm-hmm. able to those people. And today at Poppy, we're almost three years into being in the world, a quarter of all of our conversations are coming from healthcare deserts. They are actually wow. these maternal healthcare deserts. One of, in year two, we had this fantastic conversation with this woman in rural Arkansas who was in active labor. We chatted with her for about three hours because she didn't have a ride to the hospital and she didn't want to go too early because then they would send her home. I mean, these are everyday accessibility issues that we're solving for. And yeah, we're talking about maternal mortality, right? We're also talking about how to prevent it. And we're also talking about just where people are. There's a lot going on at the same time in 2023. Like, how is this possible that we're here? Anyway, we're all fed up. And so when you set up there's and CEOs and and people like me who are innovating in this space, we're doing it as quickly as we possibly can because it's 2023. This should not exist. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That was my thing that we're, (laughs) that was my timer. What else was like, I think as an incredibly brilliant, unapologetically yourself, advocate, fighter, resilient human, have you ever felt apologetic? And what are you sorry for apologizing for? Of course, I've been apologetic. I mean, a lot of my sentences used to start with sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> for no good reason, which I think is we can all we're all guilty of in some ways. I'm not I don't this is going to sound way too broad, but I'm not sorry for being my passionate self. I used to put passion and charisma in a bucket of, I think that's an insult. I wanted to be this, this like hardcore, serious businesswoman all the time. And that is actually not true. Who I am authentically, mm-hmm. yes, hardcore. Yes, I'm a businesswoman, but I am very much into my passion. It's how I lead. It's why when I get up in the morning, if I didn't have that, there would be no poppy seed health voice really to the work that I do every day. There would be no me leaving the whole hum security of just going along with a very traditional path in my career. So yeah, I used to apologize a lot or dim my light as it related to my my passion and mm. you know what others call charisma, but actually I've just added it to kind of my superpower arsenal. I love it. And we're so grateful for it. Where can we find you for people listening? How can we follow your journey? Poppy Seed Health is available in both the App Store and also Google Play for accessibility, of course, for Android and Apple. And then we're at on all of the platforms. So Instagram at Poppy Seed Health. And if you want to link up there, I'm just Simone underscore Tate on all of the channels. And thank you so much for having me, Missy. This was so much. Thank you, Simone. Thank you for listening to Sorry for Apologizing, brought to you by Rescripted. If you enjoyed this week's episode, be sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our amazing guests. To stay in the know, follow me at Missy Modell on Instagram and TikTok or head to rescripted.com. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Subscribe.